Welcome to a very special episode of Conversations with Lulu, where we tackle an important topic, which is mental health. So leadership requires resilience and mental toughness. On a personal level, we've all been put through so much over the past 18 months with the introduction of, dare I call it, a new normal, uh, one where we live with the pandemic. I felt that it's incredibly important to check in on mental health, particularly from, uh, from a working women's standpoint. So women in the workplace already face many challenges and the pandemic has just compounded everything. There was a study released by McKinsey last year in 2020. It stated that women's jobs are twice at risk than men's jobs. And COVID-19 has disproportionately increased the time women, uh, women spend on family responsibilities. And as a result, women have been dropping out of, of the workforce at a much faster rate than men. But with more people getting vaccinated, we seem to be on the last leg of our battle with COVID. So where do we go from here? A few notes before we kick off the episode. First, I just wanted to say that we had to do an online recording due to scheduling challenges. So for those of you who are watching, unfortunately, we have to do it over Zoom. Uh, secondly, I just wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Astrolabs. Astrolabs drive digital growth for companies and individuals. They are offering exclusive discounts for our listeners. All you need to do is visit astrolabs.com slash Lulu and fill up a short form and someone from their team will reach out. There are some great discounts on licensing, on online learning and co-working and, and much more. So for now, let's tune in. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today. My guest today is Dr. Saliha Afridi, a clinical psychologist and the founder and managing director of the Lighthouse Arabia, a community wellness center in Dubai. Her work extends to working with children, adolescents, and adults, while her expertise is in parenting as well as burnout in the workplace. So Dr. Afridi, I wanna thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Lulu, thanks for having me. Well, I wanted to start with burnout since this is your, your expertise. And obviously we've been through a very tumultuous one and a half years and we're still in the middle of it. There's been a lot of change. So, so what have you been noticing recently when people come to see you? You know, Lulu, a lot of people have asked me, has, you know, mental health, uh, the difficulties, have they increased in the last year and a half? And I couldn't say that there has been a lot more suffering that people have been enduring. For a lot of people, they like the flexibility. For a lot of people, they like being able to work from home. For a lot of people, they're traveling less. Uh, they can do these Zoom meetings or you know Teams or whatever. So a lot of this life that was very, very hectic and moving around and not feeling very grounded, many people have actually enjoyed this aspect of the last year and a half. 
the busiest time I would say in the life of the lighthouse was actually the October 2019, which was pre-COVID. And I really told everyone that would listen that there's something happening here and there's something about, like I almost could sense it. I even went to government um, offices. I spoke to people that there's something going on that I just can't put my finger on. And that was actually prior to COVID. So I think it's nice to be able to say that there's a bad guy and COVID made our life so hectic, but come on guys, let's stop here for a second, rewind. We were pretty hectic back then also, and life was pretty stressful back then also. So I couldn't say that this is a result of COVID, but of course, stress, burnout, loneliness, relationship difficulties, depression, anxiety. These have been going on, I would say, and I've seen this kind of rise since 2015. So this was not COVID, but it is definitely happening. And I think the audience that is listening here, the entrepreneurs, there was opportunity opportunities that have shown up for a lot of people, but with opportunity comes a lot of struggle too. So. It, it's all a package deal, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, that it's not something that's recent, but it has been going on for quite some time. And I agree. However, there's the point, there's a point to be made on, on working women, because, you know, study after study showed that working women had to take a lot of the brunt of, you know, taking care of the family, especially during COVID. And already I feel that we're at a disadvantage in general in the workplace. And there's a report by McKinsey that was released last year that says that women are you know, twice as much vulnerable in terms of their jobs. Uh, and, and COVID just you know, made it even worse. So, um, so have, you, have you seen this when you talk to your clients? Are, are women complaining from this? Well, in that same report, you might have seen that women, even though they are suffering, are less likely to reach out because they just don't even have the time to go get help. So we actually are not seeing those working women because when do I make the time to actually work mm -hmm. on things that I need to work on in order to get some footing? So it's a very destabilizing time for working women. I know my children were in, in, in home schooling uh, or schooling from home. I have four children, three of them teenagers, one of them a six-year-old. And it was a really difficult time to manage all of that. And they didn't go to school last year. They were homeschooling for a whole year and a half since March to this September. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, definitely, um, I definitely relate to the struggle of that. But I can tell you that those are not the women necessarily that are coming in for help because as the research shows they actually don't have time or energy um, that that it requires to actually do this kind of work they're just managing at this time which is sad it is well it is a lot of pressure that's for sure yeah i felt it uh as well i'm a mother of two and uh and also been working from home and working with the kids. So it's been, it's been quite challenging. It is. And women really have struggled a lot. 
Um, and, and, and I think this is where a lot of the workplaces, including McKinsey um, and the professional services firms are trying to figure out what is going to be the new way of working. Mm-hmm. Because if this is gonna be the new reality, we need to update all of our operating systems as to how women work, how they will get promoted, how they will actually move through the different tracks that they have, because the old way is not gonna work in this new world. Are there any words that you can say for for women, particularly and working women, when it comes to dealing with, you know, anxiety, stress, or or burnout? Oof. There's a lot to be said. <laughs> There's a lot to be said. So I would like to say that I've been one of those women. So I've burnt out like proper adrenal fatigue twice in my life um, through work, and I wouldn't say that it was during COVID or anything, but it was prior to COVID. Um, way long before when I was starting the lighthouse and that's what was going on. And I, I would say to women that instead of thinking that you need to actually go see a therapist at that time, if you are struggling, what I would say, cut, cut out everything in your life that is, um, is taxing you in any way or limit it in some way and focus all of your energy on your physical body. Because if your physical body is strong and there's a discipline that you have put into place, then it will carry you through the difficult periods. But there are women that are like, oh, I want to go out every night, but I still want to be able to see my kids, but I still want to be able to work. And then I still want to be able to work out. And it's like, "Mm -mm, it doesn't work like that. You really have to trim down your life to the most essential people and the most essential activities. And the essential people are going to be those two, three friends that you are going to be deeply investing in. If you're like a social butterfly and you want to be everywhere, then you are giving your energy to all of that because your energy is finite and you have to think about your energy as being finite. So if I give my energy to this person or to this event or to this project, then I cannot give it to this. I've heard women say, well, I want to do it all. I want to be it all. Yeah. It comes at a price and um, and the price usually is your physical and mental health. So which you can do it all, but not at the scale necessarily that you are thinking. It literally is taking this person and taking this event and planning ahead and focusing on your physical health and spending time with your children and prioritizing those particular things. So you can manage it all. So for me, I think I know I'm a psychologist and I should be talking about mental and psyche and these types of emotions, but, but I really feel that if we are able to discipline ourselves, we are going to be able to do it. And I know this is what I needed to do. So it was like, what is non-negotiable and my, not my sleep became a non-negotiable. Uh, of course there are, you know, times, um, in the weekend or maybe on a Thursday that I say, okay, I'm going to be staying out late that night, but it's during the week. This is a non-negotiable working out is a non-negotiable eating right is a non-negotiable. Um, if I'm going to be in the big leagues, I have to act like I'm in the big leagues and I have to practice as if I'm in the big leagues. We cannot be in the big leagues and still do you know, social media for five hours a day and wonder why we're feeling so stressed. So it is a very, very disciplined life if you want to be a working mother, woman, I think even a working father, working man, anybody, 
it's a discipline, especially the more uh, you, when you get into the space of being an entrepreneur, when you get into the space of being in a professional services firm, you really have got to pull out like the Olympic mindset. <laughs> you know, the Olympic athlete doesn't feel like working out. He's got to work out like it's like your his life depends on it. And that's yes. kind of how we need to be thinking about ourselves. These, these very basic, basic things are the most fundamental non-negotiables that we cannot compromise because then the house comes tumbling down. Yeah. You, I mean, it's also a, a question of managing your own expectations as well, right? I mean, what, what you can achieve versus how much you can do. Uh, I think that's also very important because as you said, we want to be everything and, uh, and we struggle. So I'm, I'm curious to know your particular journey with entrepreneurship. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this show and, uh, you know, you're a clinical psychologist. You could have easily uh, had your own clinic and, uh, and stayed there, but you decided that you wanted to build a center and, and, uh, and, you know, build a big business around it. So can you perhaps take me through uh, some of the motivations that led you to start this business? You know, I am just a clinical psychologist trying to do this thing. Um, I actually never had a vision that this would be what it is today, to be honest with you. Um, and I think that is something that is okay to say as an entrepreneur is that I did want to build a business where I was going to have a small team of people that had similar values to me that were going to educate and work on preventative care to within this country. This is what I had in mind. And the business actually started because we were looking to provide a free service in a way that was sustainable. So at the heart of who we are is a social enterprise. We're not a business actually. We actually operate very much with a mission at the heart and that mission is not to make money. That mission is how do we do good in this world by providing accessible mental health support, which is through support groups, or providing education, which is through all the free work that we do, uh, talks and lectures, and, um, and then the low-cost services that we provide, like mental health first aid or the workshops that we do. So how do we do that in a way that is sustainable? And how do we make sure we get the best in the world to come to the UAE to deliver that? That is only the model that we have. And so for me, this was how I was going to do it. I was going to have work in my private practice and make that money last me uh, and pay the rent and do these things. So it actually was feeding into it. So that's kind of how the business sort of grew. And as I did this and I did this more, um, the there were other light workers, as you could say, that wanted to be aligned in this mission with me. And so every single person that works at the lighthouse, for as long as they are at the lighthouse, they will be providing low cost and free services within the forms of groups or workshops, etc., to this community, period. Now, whenever that shifts inside of you, you can leave. But while you're here, this is what we do. So that's the model. And, and, and I actually didn't think it was going to become what it is, but it is now one of the largest centers in the region. And we are very trusted by the community because we have that intention super clear. There were many times, Lulu, that I actually was, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so tired. I was exhausted. I was going through my difficult periods in my life, but it was the why. 
that kept me there. And so Nietzsche actually says that one who has a why can endure anyhow. And that's really a very important element that sort of kept my guiding light and my compass was I had a very strong why. My why was super clear. I started this business because the places I worked at before, my soul did not align with those places because I felt we needed to do work that was not being paid for because we needed to get the word out and mental health 13 years ago was nothing at that yes. point. And that's what still I is said. quite a challenge. Yeah. And so we've been around now for 10 years and I didn't want that to be the barrier between people getting the support they needed. And so we started with a support group with like two people, but mm -hmm. let's just going and keep going. And now we have 22 support groups that are running for people across the region that dial into the Zoom calls now before they were in person, but now we're access, everyone can access it. And they're free of charge and they're led by world-class experts. So for me, this is the business, business, um, but it's not a business, to be honest with you, because it is my life's mission. It is my calling. Um, and I'm super clear about it, that this is my legacy. Um, business just narrows it down to something very small um, in the grand scheme of things. I love this because I think we, we all struggle, at least myself, you know, with kind of identifying what we want to be and, and even who we are to a certain extent. Uh, extent. I actually got a book recently called uh, The Element by, by Sir Ken Robinson. And, you know, it, it's all about like trying to identify your passion and trying to figure out uh, what you want to do and it's interesting because I'm 40 you know and you and you would think that like you have to you have it all figured out but so how how did you how did you know I mean is there is there a process that you go through uh, to figure out that okay this is what I'm going to be doing I'm, I'm not going to do it for profit uh, you know I want to do impact I want to help as many people as possible so how 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 did you get to that realization so my spirit has always been very loud. It's just been very loud. It's a very rebellious spirit. It's gotten me in a lot of trouble and it's caused a lot of havoc within my, within my mom's psyche probably. But if, I'm not, if my heart is not engaged, I'm not paying attention. And it will cause all kinds of havoc in my life to make sure that I stop doing it. It will make me miserable. And I didn't know that as I look back, but that spirit was there in those classes where I was, you know, daydreaming out the window. That spirit was there uh, when, you know, when I caused a lot of other changes in my life, that spirit was there when I um, didn't know what I was going to do in my undergrad. And I took all sorts of courses, but the only place I came alive was in anthropology. I didn't do psychology in my undergrad. I found it to be the most boring subject. And okay. I was like, what is this nonsense that these guys are talking about? But because it was all about psychopathology and this one and that psychiatrist and that theory and whatever. So tell me stories. Tell me, tell me about people. This was anthropology. So I got, I got my undergraduate degree in anthropology, had no idea what I was going to do with it. <laughs> but, 
but there I was getting my degree in anthropology. So it's always sort of led me. And I remember sitting in my marketing because I had a marketing job right out of undergraduate. Okay. And I was a very promising, um, you know, star within the company. They, you know, trained me. They sent me all over the place to get trained because they could see that I would actually be um, quite a good good person within this marketing firm, um, good employee. And I remember literally one day sitting there and I had my office and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. My whole life flashed in front of my eyes, not as an image, but in my body. And I was like, I have to sell things to people they don't need for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I walked over to my boss's office and I said, listen, his name was John. I said, John, I'm giving my resignation. And he was like, what are you talking about? It was like a Tuesday morning or something. And he, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm leaving. And so I packed my car and I went down to Texas from Chicago and I was going to join dental school. And then I was sitting in the pre-dental program where you have to take courses in order to sort of move into the dental school. And I was sitting there and I thought, no, this isn't it either, because I thought maybe I should be a dentist. And then my sister said, why don't you do psychology? And so my older sister was, I was like, okay, that's a good idea. And so I think for me, um, this idea that I have to know my purpose before I start my journey has never been the case. Okay. Very, very curious. And I've said, okay, I'll try this. I mean, I have my real estate license kinesiology. I mean, I had so many certificates. I'm masseuse. Like I took massage and like the benefits of that. So I did so many different things that sort of intrigued me. Not a single one went to waste, I would say. Um, And eventually I landed in psychology and I tell everyone that the day I stop feeling good about this is the day I stop. And you know, everybody told me, be on Instagram, be on Instagram, be, no, nah, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'm Eight years went by. Instagram was on two years ago. I was like, I think I should be on Instagram. So my spirit <laughs> has always led me. Um, and I have trusted that spirit, not actually, I take that back. I never trusted that spirit. It always got me in trouble, but I now trust that spirit. Um, and, and, and the spirit has always just sort of, yeah, it's a, it's a very demanding spirit that I have. It's a very rebellious spirit. It will make me just disengage and move into a state of depression. And I don't like being depressed. I've been depressed before. And so when I'm depressed, I really say, okay, what is it that I need to change in my life? And then once I change that thing that was holding me down, then the depression lifts also. So that's kind of my journey. And and I don't know where it's going to take me next. Let's see. Let's see where we go. So is that entrepreneurial? I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But the spirit is the spirit is very creative. And so Mm -hmm. if the definition of an entrepreneur is someone who's creative Um, who solves problems and and creates products and services to solve those problems. Yeah. Yeah. In a commercially viable way. In a commercially viable way. Yeah. In a sustainable way. 
But what is, what is uh, I mean, you touched on so many things. Uh, first, like just a small comment on you doing many things in your life. I think that's so like anti our culture, uh, like the Arab culture, because I feel like in the Arab culture, if you're doing too many things, you're like this lost and confused person and every day you're onto something. And I think that's very much, uh, you know, it's not encouraged at all. It's, it's interesting that you say that because typically here, I feel families encourage you to sort of, you know, stick to a route and, you know, become a doctor or become an engineer or become a business person. And uh, it's kind of like a source of pride. For sure. My family was very much the same, but they sort of gave up on me. I think my dad yes. was like, girl is going to keep doing what she's doing because that's just who I was. I was just a yeah. very... Um, in a, in a sense, very rebellious. Like my father had to pay for my college education from University of Michigan out of state. Um, and it was in cultural anthropology. Like, what is that? Yes. <laughs> what are you thinking about? <laughs> I that, but it seems really interesting. Um, and so I, I definitely come from the same background. I'm from Pakistan. Like this is, they don't mess around. And when I just told people I was going to be a psychologist, please don't do it. Yes. You're, you are wasting your talent. You could do so much. You could study business. You could do this. This is what I want. I want to do psychology for now. Maybe I go into business next, but I didn't know. I didn't know um, what I didn't know. But if you try to convince me, that's where my rebellious nature just wouldn't listen. Okay. That's the so, so 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 when you say spirit, because you said the word spirit like a few times, um, so can you visualize it for me a little bit? Like, what are we, is it, is it meditating? Is it, what, what is spirit to you? Well, it's that part in us that has been with us our whole life. Our bodies have changed. Our personalities have changed. Our friends have changed. Our lives have changed, but there's always a witness inside. Mm -hmm right? And if I tell you to close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes. <laughs> Are you going to do this to me now? Okay. I'm going to close my eyes. Okay. You close your eyes. And I want everyone to close their eyes, whoever's listening. And I want you to imagine a red ball rolling down the stairs. Now I want you to imagine a rose bush by a gate. Okay. Now I want you to imagine a full moon shining on the sea. Now you can open your eyes. Now that you are the witness. You are not the red ball. You are not the rose bush. There is something in you that is witnessing these thoughts. Yes. One thought came, then you let that one go. Another thought came and you let that one go. That witness is the spirit. You have a witness inside of you, and we just need to tap into that part. As old as time, uh, Egyptians called it the Ba, the Greeks called it the diamond, the Romans called it the genius. Like we, This is an inner wisdom, an inner intelligence, and you know it. If I tell you, how did you know that? Well, something just told me that was mm -hmm. the right thing to do. That is the spirit. And some people just listen when the spirit is screaming, but you can actually really tune into that. And that's what people refer to as an intuition. Intuition is being, there's a force inside of you, a spirit inside of you that you can tap into that knows the way 
that knows more than what your conscious mind knows. That spirit in me is just very loud. I don't have to tap into it. It just shakes me up and rocks my world. And then I just have to listen. Um, but that's the spirit that I've just, and there are some people when you say it was, it's just a very spirited person. That's yes. what I'm do you can you access it as well through meditation if you don't hear it as loudly because i've been reading up a lot on that and yes. i have never meditated before but i'm yes. seriously considering it yes. um, you cannot do anything without stillness you want to tap into a greater source of creativity you've got to still yourself do not whatever got you this far ain't gonna get you further if there is a calling, something is telling you, you need to sit still. Something inside of you is compelling you. Why? You didn't think to meditate two years ago or five years ago, but something is telling you at 40, yes. which is age the prophet got prophethood. 40, it's telling you, you've got to do something different yes. for the next stage of wherever you're headed. You listen to that. That's yes. the spirit. Well, I'm trying. And I'm speaking to you <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a first step of many, hopefully. So I'm also a mother. You mentioned that you're a mother. Uh, th there's a lot of, um, you know, working women out there. And is it, should there be a trade-off between like motherhood and work? Or can you do it all? Going back to the first point that you mentioned before, uh, is that you can't really do it all. There has to be priorities. So, so for, for people that maybe work a lot and feel guilty about it or, you know, have, uh, get excited, for example, like for me, my work is very exciting. Uh, my kids are very exciting, but in a completely different way. Uh, but there's always this sort of like guilt feeling that, you know, maybe I should be with them more or, or so on. So is it a trade-off? Um, it depends on how you define motherhood. And if you define motherhood where you go grocery shopping and you buy organic foods and you have to hand cook those foods and then you have to feed those foods to your children and that you need to pick them up from school and you need to drop them off at home and you need to, you need to, okay, maybe not. Okay. If that's what motherhood means to you, then yeah, working is going to be a little bit harder for you. But if you have really, really synthesized this idea of what motherhood means to you to moments where you fully need to be present. And you know what? I might be ordering food from Deliveroo tonight because I ain't cooking because I'd rather spend that time with my kids. Or you know what? I'm going to put my work aside because my son needs me right now and I'm going to really prioritize him. If you can't manage that relationship between just being good enough at work and giving full focus to your kids and then then being good enough as a mother and giving full focus to your work because time will those times will be required of you especially as an entrepreneur you will need to give 80% of your attention but that 20% that you give to your kids you have got to make that work so those early morning hours when they're getting ready for school and then you see them off onto the bus and maybe you say, I'm going to definitely be there. I'm going to put my phone aside. I'm going to make sure I'm present. And when they come home, you're there to greet them or you spend time with them between the hours of five and eight 30. 
And then you say you need to go off and read your book and then you go off to your work. So there are going to be things that you're just going to chunk up and you drop the rest of your life in those hours that, you know, like friends could call, you know, a messenger could show up and you say, "Uh uh-uh, this is not time for my kids. So you really have to be very protective of those moments um, and then do everything outside of those moments. So it is possible, uh, but I, I know that I've called out of work because my daughter was having a crisis when she was just entering her teenage years and I had to call out of work. I had to cancel my day because I needed to be there for her. Yes. So you will have to make those kinds of choices in times. Um, and there are days when my kids didn't see me for two, three days because I was flying for a course and that's gonna also happen. So if motherhood for you is omnipresent, always present, always cooking, always being there. All, okay. Then it's going to be a little bit harder for you, but if you can yeah. reconcile some of that, then it is doable. I have two more questions for you before I let you go. So the, the, the first one is when I, when I mentioned entrepreneurship to you, you spoke a little bit, uh, you said that we have to talk about power uh, and creativity. So can you, can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Like, what did you mean exactly? Well, for me, um, and I'm a psychologist, so people would think that um, this work should come naturally, but I can tell you there are um, many a psychologist that have not done their own work. But for me, I've always been very curious and always just sort of been wandering about in the world trying to figure out what, what I need to be doing. And when I did hit 40, uh, actually, it happened a little bit before. When I was about 38, this calling was something different. And at 38, for me, the shifting. So at 33, there was a shifting. And then at 38, there was a shifting. And I really felt I needed to go in and do my work. And that healing needed to happen. My complexes needed to be more uh, not in control. My, you know, my reactivity, you asking me for something, me giving it to you, this kind of way of living was no longer working for me. Because I felt like I was being very reactive to everything, saying yes to everything, saying, yes, I'll show up to everything. No, that, that's not going to work. As my kids got older and my business got where it is, I needed to have a little bit more strategy, but I needed more power. And that power is our unlocked potential, which is locked up in our wound. So think about a wound as a knot and a, and a ball of energy. Inside, there's a, there's a ball And if you unpack that, you have access to that power now. So the healing releases all of these pockets inside of you that are creative energy. It is our life force. That life force is a creative energy and it sits down here in these lower three chakras. And if we don't have access to that because we don't feel good enough and we don't feel we're thin enough and we don't feel we belong anywhere, okay, some of these issues sit down here. And unless we resolve that, we will not have access to this creative power. And what, like I said, whatever has worked is actually going to get in the way of the next half. You need a different uh, operating system for the next part of your journey. And that does mean that you've got to do some healing inside of yourself in order to access that unlocked potential, that power. And for healing, do you mean you have to go and do psychotherapy or is it more you know, doing things like trying to meditate or reading? more about it or forgive people. You were talking about forgiveness on your, on your Instagram. So is it, it's all part of it, right? 
everything. It's everything. Uh, I have companions on my journey, which is the healing journey. I have therapists that I work with, brain spotting that I've done, yoga instructors, osteopaths, stretching, flexologists, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I can go on and on as to the people that have helped me um, be who I am and heal parts of me that needed, but the body, the soul, the mind, um, our psyche, all of that needs to be healed. So this is not just, oh, I meditate and now I'm good. No, it should be better. There needs to be, a, it depends on how much power you want access to. How much, how much do you need? And I want all of it. I want all of my power back. If I'm holding a grudge against someone, they have my power. If I'm reacting to you, you have my power. I want my power. I need this power as I raise these kids and I grow this mission. I need that power. So I've got to take it away from people that don't, shouldn't be having it. But these operating systems that we've sort of been raised with, these operating systems are the ones that drain our energy. They were good for us for a certain while. They helped us adapt in this world, but that's not our power. I love this. <laughs> that's very well said. So final, final words maybe for people that are uh, you know, in business that are perhaps starting up or getting stuck. Maybe they are getting rejections, their self-worth is you know, being thrown in the air, confidence. Um, I think if you are, I think if you're in this world and you're doing this and you're gonna face a lot of struggles, it's very important that you have a relationship with yourself. The home needs to be inside of you. The relationship that is primary needs to be with you. What do you think of when you look at your body? What do you think of when you look at your hair and your wrinkles? What do you think when someone criticizes you? Who has the power? Who has the primary relationship? If it's still the other person, then this journey is going to be a whole lot more difficult for you. So you've got to develop a relationship with yourself and you've got to do the work of awareness and healing um, to remember who you are. And this is my quote that I will tell my kids and myself and everybody who will listen. You've got to remember who you are. You are far bigger than these complexes that you're tied up in and this react reactivity. You are a soul that is far more powerful than this, who has gifts to bring to this world. But we get caught up in like the drama of things and the superficial, you know, push and pull of things. And that's not who you are. You're bigger than that. And so just remember who you are. But if you forgot, then do the work and go back home. And the way you go back home is stillness and solitude and silence. Start with that and heal the body. Heal the body and do these three things that I just said, stillness, silence, and solitude. This noisy world that we live in is distracting us, not from our work, from ourselves and our own truth. And when you know that truth, the confidence will come. Then you can tell me, hey, Dr. Saleh, I don't really like the stuff that you do. Okay, that's you that doesn't like it. But I know why I did it. And maybe there are other people who do resonate with it. I'll take your feedback on. Thank you for your feedback. But this is my calling. I'm going to operate from the inside out, not the outside in. So life is an inside job. Healing is an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. Creativity is an inside job. Clean up the inside.
Well, that's great. And and I just want to let the audience know, know that they can follow you on Instagram. And your handle is, is it, it's Dr. Saliha Afridi, correct? Yes. Yes. Where you post regular videos, um, very inspiring, very practical as well. You give a lot of examples uh, when you uh, when you are talking about a topic. I love uh, listening to uh, to your work. A big fan of yours. So thank you so much. Thank you for thank taking you. the time. I really appreciate it, and thank you so much for all the tips that you've given us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you so much for joining this very special episode of Conversations with Lulu with Dr. Saleh Afridi. And as usual, if you would like to reach out to me for uh, guest recommendations, for feedback, for sponsorships, uh, for speaking opportunity or any other opportunities, you can reach out to me on conversationswithlulu.com. You can also reach out to me on social media, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle Lulu Khazan. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Astrolabs. So Astrolabs is a capacity building company. They uh, provide a lot of services for entrepreneurs from uh, company licensing in Saudi Arabia and in the UAE to co-working spaces and training. And they also work with corporates and, and large enterprises on uh, helping on providing online learning uh, opportunities and in-person opportunities as well uh, in the digital realm and in the digital space. There's a lot of um, um, discounts, exclusive discounts for conversations with Lulu listeners. All you need to do is visit astrolabs.com slash Lulu, and you can fill out a form and someone from their team would reach out to you. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in to this online session of conversations with Lulu. See you again soon. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today.